Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. In 1995, New Jersey endures a relentless winter. The weather that winter brought more than four and a half feet of snow, and it was brutally cold. That was probably the worst winter we've had on record since probably the 50s. As conditions worsen, a new mom vanishes in broad daylight. It just wasn't in her personality to just up and leave and not leave a trace of where she was going. I was shocked. This doesn't really happen in our community. Will the snow and freezing temperatures impede the efforts of investigators? The weather really did impact this investigation. Or help bring the case to conclusion. If you work in law enforcement, you don't get a snow day. Crime doesn't stop for snow. Just eight miles outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, is Runnymede, New Jersey, a small town nestled among the boroughs of Belmar and Glendora in Camden County. Belmar, Runnymede, Belmar, Glendora are all basically the same type of towns, and they all go to the same high school. Many people that are born and raised there stay there. They're very quiet towns, and for the most part, everybody kind of knows everybody. Although considered South Jersey, residents here experience a more northerly climate. Months of temperatures below freezing. Snowfall up to maybe 18, 20 inches at some points in time in one snowfall. So it can be a demanding winter. This is because New Jersey's climate is dominated by the westerlies, which is an atmospheric conveyor belt, basically moving storm systems from west to east. But the Atlantic Ocean also affects the state's climate by moderating temperatures, and it also provides moisture for gathering storm systems. Up here, we're very used to the snow. We don't stop our lives kind of like the more southern states do but sometimes two or three feet of snow can just come out of nowhere overnight. And in the winter of 1995, westerlies bring Arctic air in like a sledgehammer, breaking snowfall and temperature records across the state. That was probably the worst winter we've had on record since probably the 50s. We had massive snowfall, massive ice storms at the time. The weather was horrific. As temperatures start to drop, the Belmar police are visited by a man named John Parkin. He's very concerned about his 29-year-old daughter, Patricia Patty Parkin. He tells officers that two days before, he dropped her off at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at 10 a.m. and she never came home. She never called him for a ride home. The family became worried when Patricia didn't come home by December 5th, her family grew more concerned than they already were. But since it's only been a couple of days, officers aren't sure it's necessary to take any action just yet. 
she hadn't been missing long enough. It's not like when a small child goes missing, the police take the report right away. Patricia was an adult. But three days later, on December 8th, John returns with his son, John Jr., when there's still been no word from his daughter. Her brother, John, he took the lead role. His parents at the time were senior citizens. He wanted to bring his sister back as quick as possible. He knew in his heart that something was wrong. Patricia Patty Parkin was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on October 31st, 1966, but grew up in the town of Belmar, New Jersey. My uncle was born first, and then a couple years later, my mother was born, so there were just two siblings. From the start, Patty and her brother John Jr. were inseparable. He was best friends with my mother. Uh, he really protected her. He looked after her. Because he was older, he really took on that big brother role very seriously. As she grew into a teenager, everyone loved Patty. She could light up a room. She was just so bright and bubbly and goofy, but was so smart, was very studious. Patty Parker was a sweet girl, very pretty, very attractive. She was always just a giving person, was very kind to people. She appreciated rock music. She was almost like a hippie girl. I just remember wearing like bandanas and like, like a Jimi Hendrix fan type of uh, look about her, kind of like a free-spirited type person. Unfortunately, during high school, that free spirit led Patty down the wrong path, and she started partying a lot. She ended up dropping out of high school um, in 12th grade, right before she finished. That's kind of when her life went a little bit on a downward spiral. For the next 10 years, Patty found herself slipping deeper into addiction. She was an alcoholic, drinking problem, took drugs. But her lifestyle reached a tipping point in May of 1994, when at 27 years old, she was arrested for drunk driving and lost her license. As part of her sentencing, she began attending Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. It was right in the town where she was living and grew up. As Patty tried to gain control of her alcoholism, an even greater wake-up call came when she and her boyfriend got pregnant and she gave birth to a little girl she named Melissa on December 30th, 1994. She was seeing my father for a short period of time, but he ended up passing away like three days after I was born. Her daughter was, I think, sort of the beacon for her. Talk about the light at the end of a tunnel. When I came along, it was kind of her sign to turn her life around, you know? It was the start of her becoming sober and seeing that there's a whole other life on the other side of that. Patty's family rallied around her. Part of Patricia's recovery process was to live at home. She had a family who loved her who were trying to help her through her struggles, who would take her and pick her up from the NA and AA meetings. She loved her family. She was trying so very hard. She got her GED. She was going to uh, Camden County College. She wanted to be a radiology technician. Ultimately, through all the struggles that she went through, I think she found a career where she wanted to help people. With Melissa's first birthday and the Christmas holiday approaching, Patricia Parkin's life seemed back on track. She wanted to go get a degree, get a stable job, so that she could get us our own, own apartment. She wanted to show everybody that I finally made it. She was really trying to make something of herself. She was doing absolutely everything right. Um, she was really, really doing well. 
But now, that second chance is on hold as her family fears the worst. Now on December 8th, it's been five full days since Patty disappeared. Belmar police sit down with her father and brother and file an official missing persons report. It didn't seem likely that Miss Parkin would just up and leave with an 11-month-old baby at home. That's a very serious signal that there's something wrong. She was battling some demons, but she was a devoted mother. She adored her daughter, and she would not have left her child. And when police learn what Patty was last seen wearing, there's immediate cause for anxiety. She just had on a hoodie and some blue jeans, and she had her backpack. She had all of her things in there, and everywhere she went, she took that backpack. With winter temperatures plunging and the forecast calling for snow and ice, if Patricia Parkin was outside, she would seriously be at risk from the elements. If you're not familiar with the winters up here, you have to wear layers and layers of clothing. If you don't have all that stuff on, you're, going, you're not going to make it. Nobody's going to survive that. Investigators must battle the brutal winter as they begin their search for Patricia Parkin. There was snow and ice almost every week. It was just one of those years where, where southern New Jersey got hit hard with the, with the winter. But the weather will also help them more than they could have ever expected. The winter weather contributed to helping to solve this case. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
During the New Jersey winter, the Belmar Police Department is looking for 29-year-old single mother Patricia Parkin, who has vanished without explanation. The weather that December was hovering just below freezing most days, and they were expecting a lot of snowfall in a season that was already making its way into the record books. Knowing she was only wearing a hoodie, jeans, and a backpack, police must do everything they can to find her, and quickly. Inclement weather, it could kill you. Exposure will kill you. You know, eight to 10 hours out, out there, you know, your chances for survival decrease dramatically. While questioning Patty's father and brother to get more information, Belmar detectives learn about the last time Patty was seen. She was dropped off in an AA meeting by her father early in the morning, around 10 o'clock or so, and she was gonna help with the coffee and, and, and that type of thing. And when a couple hours went by and it started getting late and they hadn't heard from her, my grandfather was the first one to say, you know, something's wrong. The Parkins were too concerned to wait by the phone. And my uncle ended up trying to retrace her steps to see where she was that day, if she talked to anybody at the meeting and told them that where she was going or what her plans were later that day. Most of the information that was gathered, was gained, was from her brother. He had a lot of contacts on the street, and he had a lot of people out there looking for her. But he says no one in Patty's recovery circle saw her leave the meeting. And they said, yeah, she, she came in and, and worked the coffee bar, like how she usually does. Um, and then she kind of stepped out without really saying anything to anybody. But John Jr. tells police he did notice an ATM withdrawal that same day from a checking account the two shared. Patricia made a withdrawal of approximately $90, and they had some questions about why was she withdrawing that money? What were, what were her intentions? They were being hopeful that she wasn't um, using that to abuse uh, substances. Sometimes people, they will relapse. She had a lot of pressures on her. Having a new baby, going to school, you know, trying to stay clean and sober. It's very hard. But Patty's family remains adamant. Even if she turned her back on her recovery, she wouldn't turn her back on baby Melissa. It didn't seem likely that Miss Parkin would just up and leave with an 11-month-old baby at home. She was known to be a very doting mother to the child. Officers decide to check the bank's footage at the ATM, but it doesn't give them any clues to her whereabouts. She seemed fine. In, out, you know, there's no one threatening her. They also say that Patty doesn't have any boyfriends and can't think of anyone that would want to do her harm. She didn't really have enough time to have a personal social life. Between going back to school and raising her daughter, she did not have anybody that really, you know, was violent towards her at all. The investigators at that time, they didn't have a lot to go off of because we didn't know where she was, if she was still alive, if she had just left on her own free will, if something had happened to her. Belmar police put her information in the NCIC. It's the National uh, Crime Computer. Basically, anytime something's stolen, a person's missing, you enter into a crime computer. They hope that alerts to state and local police departments will give them a lead. They're trying to find her. 
and they can't. And it's not like cell phones really weren't big at that time. There was no evidence at the time of a crime. So the investigators had nothing to go on. Heartbroken, the Parkins put out flyers around town. But as the weeks pass and the weather worsens, their hope starts to fade. It does get very cold very fast at night. And that's kind of what happened around the time where she went missing. We got a lot of snow. It got very cold. Around December 9th, about two inches of snow fell and it kept falling. By Christmas, they had over seven inches. It snowed ice all that month, December. I haven't seen that snow in, since I was a child. I mean, the snow was unbelievable. It was just snowfall and ice storms. And that was a huge concern for my family. They didn't know if she was hurt, if she was outside by herself. As every day went by, my family just had a sinking feeling that they knew this wasn't gonna turn out the way that they hoped. After nearly two weeks straight of snow and below freezing temperatures, a shocking 911 call comes into Runnymede Police Department around 2.30 p.m., two days after Christmas. A woman says that her sons just came across a female body in the snow. Kids were off school and they were sledding at Irish Hill. Kids from all over would go and sled at Irish Hill. Runnymede Police quickly arrived to speak with the boys. They described sledding down the hill, and then on their way back up, they spotted something in the snow. They were all between the ages of 11 and 13 years old. They start making their way from the base of the hill up to the top of the hill, and this young child sees a hand, a, a woman's hand sticking up out of the snow, and he's thinking, wow, this is cool. There's a mannequin on the hill. And they had intentions of bringing it up to the top of the hill and using it as a sled. So they started brushing the snow away and trying to pull it loose, and they realized it was a human being. The boys rushed to their parents, who contact authorities. I can't even imagine how scared those children must have been. The mother was shocked because we don't have dead bodies just popping up anywhere. Could the frozen body be missing Patricia Parkin? Right away, you could tell that she had trauma to her body. Who could do such a heinous thing? Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's been more than three weeks since single mom Patty Parkin went missing from Belmar, New Jersey after an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Now, horrified children in the next town over have found a body buried in the ice and snow at Irish Hill. The police come to Irish Hill and the boys point to where they found the mannequin. Officers confirm it's the frozen body of a white female, possibly mid-20s, in the supine position. The body was found roughly 25 feet from the top of the hill, which the hill itself is probably 300 feet. They immediately notify detectives who arrive with CSI. They photograph everything, record the evidence, process that scene in the snow, carefully moving leaves and snow from around her body. Investigators can see the body is heavily bruised. She had trauma to her body, to her face, to her neck area, and to her back. There was no obvious wound. It wasn't like a gunshot where you can see it or a stab wound. The body in itself is significant immediately because what you notice is she's nude from the waist up. So it gives a sexual component to this. There's clearly foul play involved. Everyone was pretty sure that we were looking at a homicide. Investigators spread out and search the area for evidence, but the recent winter weather has destroyed all hope of finding any. There's very little physical evidence due to the cold weather and the snow, covered ground. There was approximately 8 to 12 inches of snow on the ground. Because of the weather, uh, potential evidence like footprints and tire track evidence and, and things like that um, were basically obliterated. And any forensics left on the body is most likely gone. In a situation like this, the body itself is the crime scene. And when it's discarded in the snow, it's like dipping somebody in a bathtub and washing away any fingerprints, any DNA on any parts of the clothing on the body would be destroyed. But investigators do glean a few things from the scene. There was no blood or signs of a struggle. So they knew that this was, you know, someone dumped her there and somebody local. Uh, Irish Hill, you have to know it's there. So right there when she's dumped, we know that somebody from that area. The body is carefully removed for an autopsy, but because of the location and weather conditions, it's extremely challenging. First of all, you have to dig the body out. The body was mostly buried underneath snow and ice. And you're on a hill and you're trying to bring her remains up without losing any kind of forensic evidence. So it was a real chore. 
As the body is delivered to the medical examiner, detectives focus on identifying their Jane Doe. You can't really begin to investigate until you know who has died. There was no wallet, no keys. There wasn't, you know, a name necklace or an ID bracelet. But after checking the NCIC database, Runnymede and Belmar investigators instantly connect the dots. We realize pretty quickly that the missing young woman reported to Belmar police, Patricia Parkin, is this same young woman that was found on the side of Irish Hill in the snow. When they learn of Patty's fate, the Parkins are overcome with grief. My family was obviously devastated. My uncle was the one to go down and identify her because he just, he didn't want his parents to have to live with that, that picture in their head for the rest of their lives. I can't imagine how much courage it took for him to do that, but he did that to spare his mom and dad. Investigators hope the medical examiner will give them some answers as to what happened to the young mother, but they'll have to wait. The medical examiner's office can't perform the autopsy that day because her body is frozen stiff. They literally have to defrost Miss Parkin before we can have an autopsy to determine what caused her death. Police are on the hunt for a killer. A person would have to be heartless to do something like this. As the weather gives them clues to Patty's last moments. The cold weather and the snow basically preserved the body. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. 
If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. As Southern New Jersey is experiencing the harshest winter in years, detectives have just found the body of Patricia Parkin on a snow-covered hill. But Belmar and Runnymede investigators aren't going to let the weather deter them in their search for her killer. Late December 1995 and all of January, they had nearly three feet of snow and temperatures below freezing for 30 days. It was one of the worst stretches of winter that South Jersey had ever seen. Weather can't stop you. You know, you, you have to keep going. You do what you have to do to bring justice for the victim. After allowing 24 hours for Patty's body to thaw, the medical examiner begins his assessment. Although the frigid temperatures make it difficult to narrow down a time of death, they actually help in other ways. The cold weather and the snow basically preserved the body because she was essentially refrigerated until the body was found. It was so cold and she was out there for so long that all of her organs were intact. Which allows the coroner to discover her cause of death. He determined that she died as the result of blunt force trauma which in layman's parlance is a beating. Toxicology results reveal even more. She had ethanol in her system, which is alcohol. She had cocaine metabolites in her system, cocaine. But the most significant factors in the death of Patricia Parkin was hypothermia. She had urine in her bladder still, and that would not happen if she was murdered outright, her urine would have left her body immediately. She was unconscious, but she was alive when she was put on that hill. It was snowing uh, for several days, on and off. Basically, she froze to death. Now we have a full-blown homicide investigation on our hands. Investigators know that Patty went to her Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at 10 a.m. on December 2nd then left and withdrew $90 from the bank. From there, she vanished until her body was found on Irish Hill on the 27th. She had a backpack with her and she had a, a sweater on, a hooded sweater, and none of that was there. So that means the person that killed her disposed of the sweater and disposed of the backpack. Investigators begin doggedly interviewing everyone who knew Patty to get some answers. Where would she hang out? Where is she usually, where was she frequently? And one name keeps popping up. It was established that Patricia, when she was in her unsober moments, was a regular at a bar called Bruno's in Runnymede. Bruno's could be classified as a local watering hole. It can be a rough place. There's been lots of fights over the years in there, hardcore drinking some drug use, just a rough and tumble type bar. Investigators show up at Bruno's and worry that no one will talk. 
but soon learned that everyone there loved Patty. People knew her. She was a very friendly, outgoing person. She was so loved. Some of the employees, they were willing to come forward and help the police at the time. And just as her family feared, Patty slipped in her sobriety. Employees recall seeing her there on the night of the second. Something might have happened in that AA meeting, but whatever got a hold of her made her crash and go back to drinking that day. Everybody in recovery has that struggle every single day where they think about having one drink and they think that that's going to be it. But in reality, you can't do that. And according to the bartender, Patty Parkin had no shortage of admirers that day. She was a very beautiful girl. We were able to identify various people that were at Bruno's men who had various interactions with her that night. Barmaid remembers her uh, playing pool. There was this gentleman, he had a uh, crush on her. Another one of them had been sitting at the bar with her. He wanted a little something more than an acquaintance with Patricia, and she rebuffed him. Detectives also learned that Patty was planning on meeting a possible ex-boyfriend later that evening at another bar. So every one of these men that she had encountered along the way in that 12-hour period, we needed to know where those men were and what they were doing. Homicide investigators reach out to the potential persons of interest, especially her ex. We were able to track that individual down, and he said, yeah, she was supposed to meet me there, but she never showed up. So he was investigated, and he had an alibi. He was at home with family members, and we were able to take him off the list. The other men at the bar were seen hanging out all night. But then investigators learned that Patty left the bar around 10 p.m., and she didn't leave alone. They recall that day, she was with a guy named Lee. She was seen walking out the door with him. Matter of fact, he lives right around here, right up the street. He literally walked there. I mean, it, it, the bar was only a couple blocks away from his house. Through more interviews, detectives learned his full name is Charles Lee Heitzman, and he's a 28-year-old long-distance trucker. Lee was an over-road truck driver. They usually work with partners. He moved people across the country. Investigators just want to find out as much as they can. What did they talk about? What did she tell him? Um, what did she say where she was going? So detectives walk over to Lee's apartment. Unfortunately, he's not home, but his girlfriend, Linda, is. His eight-month pregnant girlfriend is there and explains to the officers that he's a truck driver, he's on a trip somewhere, and he should be back next day or the day after. Detectives ask Linda to have Lee Heitzman contact them when he returns. Meanwhile, they run his name through their database. Lee was known to the Runnymede Police Department. He was no stranger to law enforcement. Although most of his crimes are minor drug offenses, he has quite the reputation. He was not known as a nice person. People didn't get the warm and fuzzies from Lee Heitzman. He had a violent streak. He was just a bastard. He had a bad reputation with anybody who ever dealt with him. A couple days later, Heitzman returns from his out-of-state trucking run and contacts police. Seated opposite detectives, Lee Heitzman freely shares what he knows about Patty's disappearance a month ago. 
He didn't look particularly nervous. He was cool and calm and seemed somewhat helpful. He said, yeah, I, I met her at the bar. We were talking. I left the bar with her. He says they walked out sometime around 10 p.m. Patty went her way, and he went his way, and that was the last time he seen her. He said, she didn't tell me where she was going, but I just said, take care, and, and that was the end of that. He doesn't know anything. And that he didn't go out of the house for the rest of the night. He stayed in his house. He says on December 4th, he and a co-worker drove to Kentucky for a job, and he just got back. When investigators speak to his pregnant girlfriend, Linda, she backs him up. She's corroborating what he says about coming home sometime after 10 o'clock. He stays home all night long. And when she wakes up in the morning, he's in the bed next to her. New evidence emerges that puts the investigation into overdrive. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, these embers were smoldering. And that's when we started getting more and more of the truth to come out. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. In January of 1996, after a frigid winter season, New Jersey investigators looking for Patricia Parkin's killer have zeroed in on the last person she was seen with at Bruno's bar before she disappeared. She was seen walking out the door with Charles Lee Heisman. So they know that both of them walked out together outside and she was never seen again. But his pregnant girlfriend, Linda, says he was home alone with her the rest of the night. Once you have somebody that has an alibi like that, it's, it's really difficult to prove otherwise. We just needed one little chink in the armor. And we got one. A few days later, police discover something that blows a huge hole in Lee's alibi. They ran his license plate and he ran his driver's license. We found out that Lee Heitzman had been pulled over in a traffic stop in the early morning hours of December 4th, 
of 1995. He was stopped by a Gloucester Township police officer right around the corner, and he was issued a motor vehicle summons. If Lee and Linda's stories are true, Heitzman was in two places at once on the night Patty disappeared. Investigators try to question Lee again, but this time he lawyers up. He said, no, I'm not talking to you guys anymore. And that was the end of that. They go back to Linda, the girlfriend, and she gets caught in her lie about knowing that he was home all night. And she immediately is like, I'm not talking to you anymore. Detectives then turn to Lee's co-worker, who drove to Kentucky with him the day after Patty went missing. We brought that friend in, and that friend was very not forthcoming. You spent days with this guy. We know he talked to you, and we know you know what happened. And he was like, I swear to God, I don't know. Although their gut tells them Lee's their guy, investigators are at a standstill. Lack of physical evidence. There were no other witnesses. There was nowhere else to go from there. Weeks, months, and years pass as the case grinds to a halt. Periodically, authorities put fresh eyes on it. But with Lee, his girlfriend, and his co-workers still not talking, there isn't much investigators can do. This case was really frustrating for law enforcement. It was one of those cases where we knew who did it. We just had to prove he did it. In the beginning of 2003, Police Sergeant Paul Daly informs his chief that solving the Patricia Parkin case is his number one goal. I felt personally like she was being forgotten. Her daughter is now being raised by her grandparents. And, you know, these poor people need to have justice. And especially for that little girl. Law enforcement will never give up on a case, whether it's seven years, 10 years, 25 years, or 40 years. They'll always keep with it. Convinced that Charles Lee Heitzman is involved, Daly reopens the massive case file. I worked with the Camden County Prosecutor's Office, and we went page by page, step by step. They decide to re-interview Lee's girlfriend and co-worker. Seven years is a long period of time. Friendships change, relationships change, and people change. And people who might be loyal to you seven years ago may not be loyal to you today. We just need that one person who's going to tell us the truth and the whole truth. And they finally get it. Runnymede Police and the prosecutor's office went and knocked on Linda's door. And lo and behold, she wasn't standing by her man anymore. She had a new man. For the first time, Linda admits that she lied because she feared Lee. And according to her, she played an even bigger part in covering up the crime than police realized. Her story now went from Lee not going out at all to now Lee came back to their apartment with Patty from the bar. And she said Lee ended up killing Patty. And then Linda finally says, he forced me to help move the body. And I did help him put the body in the trunk. And after that, he drove off and I went back in the house. But because Linda lied before, investigators need more. They decide to visit Lee's former co-worker. 
and he finally cracks. I think his conscience finally got to him that he, he couldn't live knowing this anymore and knowing that Lee was getting away with the death of this young woman. The man now says that the morning after Patricia disappeared, Lee not only told him he killed Patty, but he showed him her body. He said, and he told me he disposed of the backpack and the hooded sweater. They feel confident he's telling the truth, since police never told anyone about the backpack. When Patty left the bar, she had a backpack with her, and that backpack was never found. We couldn't find it. Camden County prosecutors are ready to pounce. We decided the time had come to charge Lee Heitzman with the murder of Patricia Parkin. But will they be able to convince a jury? We're teetering on that knife's edge of do we have enough? An unusually cold and snowy winter in Runnymede, New Jersey, challenged the investigation into missing mom, Patricia Parkin. If it wasn't in the middle of a freezing cold winter, Patty could have been placed outside and, and survived. The weather conditions concealed the victim for a long period of time, did damage to any physical evidence. But it also revealed her body. Because, I mean, it snowed and it led those kids to go sledding and to go find her. With the amount of snow the area received during those three weeks, her body could have been buried until springtime. The fact that she was frozen the way she was told us about what happened to her. Let us identify her because her features were absolutely evident. All of this helped lead investigators to their number one suspect, Charles Lee Heitzman. Now, after seven years, Camden County prosecutors are ready to arrest him for the brutal murder of Patricia Parkin. On a cold gray morning, police arrest Lee Heitzman. The day of reckoning had finally come for Lee Heitzman. And they brought him down and Heitzman now at this point knows the girlfriend talked to police, his friend talked to the police. To everyone's surprise, Lee Heitzman says he wants to speak to police too. Even after we advised him his rights, he said he didn't want an attorney. I don't want an attorney. I just want to tell you what happened. It was eating him up. He was ready to talk. And he, and he talked and told the whole story. And it was very close to the scenario that we had in our minds of how it played out. Charles Lee Heisman said that he met her at the bar. They kind of like knew each other from the bar itself. She agreed to go back to his apartment to party some more. Once there, investigators believe Patty tried to turn down Lee's advances. I think there was something sexual that happened here where Patricia didn't want to do what Heitzman wanted her to do. He just said, you know, he was between drinking and drugs. He just said, I just lost it. I start beating on her. It just went crazy, went sideways. She was beaten brutally. And it tells me that this was triggered by a sense of humiliation. Now, what triggered the humiliation embarrassment? It's hard to know, but this was an explosion. He said, next thing I know, she's laying on the floor with massive head injuries. 
and I don't know what to do now. Lee says he thought he had killed her. He just assumes she's dead. I got to get this body out of here. At which point he wakes up Linda and says, you're helping me put this body in the trunk. One look at Patricia Parkin's body on the floor convinces the pregnant girl to help. She feared for her life. She knew, you know, he did this. Would it be, you know, beyond him to kill her next? After the two of them put Patricia in the trunk of the car, Linda goes back inside while Lee drives off. And he was on his way to dump her somewhere in the woods far away, but he was stopped about a block or two from his house by a Gloucester Township police officer because they had a headlight out. She was alive in that trunk, but she was unconscious at the time. And he's like, I better get rid of her body quicker. And that's why he picked Ira Shell. She was still alive when she was rolled down that hill. That's, uh, it's unfathomable how somebody could do that to another person. Then the weather set in and snow fell as temperatures dropped even more. I pray that she did not suffer any pain, but buried alive in the snow, it, it's, it's horrific. Later that morning, Lee met his trucker friend and confessed before he disposed of Patty's clothes and backpack. I think he liked people to know that he had that violent streak because then people were afraid of him and he would get his way. With Heitzman's admission of guilt, prosecutors allow him to plead guilty to aggravated manslaughter. Aggravated manslaughter means that during the commission of this crime, I kill you, but it was not my direct goal to kill you. Lee Heitzman is sentenced to 25 years in prison. Linda and his co-worker are not charged. I think that my family did have a sigh of relief after he was sentenced to prison, I think. I don't know if they believe he got what he deserved to the full ex extent. They didn't have their daughter back. They didn't, I didn't have my mom back, but we had closure. I ended up with my grandparents who over the years aged. I ended up taking care of them. Charles Lee Heitzman would go on to die in prison on October 31st, 2014, what would have been Patricia Parkin's 48th birthday. The only thing would have been better is if he was left out in the freezing cold. That would have been real justice for Patricia and her family. Although the case is finally put to rest, Patricia Parkin will never be forgotten. She was a good mother and was trying to make a better life for her daughter and herself. I just want people to remember how amazing she was and how strong she was, how smart she was. If I could be half as strong as, as she was, I think I'll be okay. In the end, investigators were able to use a hostile New Jersey winter as an ally in solving the case. Weather can go either way. It can help or it can hurt an investigation. And sometimes it can do both. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.